It's the Off Grid Prep Family Podcast. Hey everybody, it's episode 18. How much food should I store? That's the question. All the food. All the food. Just store all the food. That's not helpful. You will never store enough food to survive forever. Yeah. But you should try and store as much as you possibly can. Even just to buffer that time when you're trying to to create food. Because we all know a first year garden is not going to feed you. We had, how many years old are those pickles we had tonight? Three. Three year year old pickles on our burgers tonight. Yeah, we try to do pickles every two years. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's every three. And they were fine. We had a glut year that that year. And we've still still got some. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're fine. I guess the questions to ask is... It's how much food do I store and what can I make with that food? Mm -hmm. Because doing the precise math and having like a precise menu plan as far as like the foods that your family typically eats is really helpful if you're trying to calculate that for the first time. Yeah. If you're used to going to the grocery store every single day, it's really hard to envision what that whole year worth of food looks like. So if you like start by coming up with two weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinners, and snacks per per season, then you can just extrapolate that for three months worth and do that for each season, winter, spring, summer, and fall, and then you get a better idea of quantities, and then it becomes more glaringly obvious which meals are not very practical in a SHTF situation. Now, You've already figured this out somewhere, haven't you? I have, and if you are on our Patreon login page, the private page on our offgridprepfamily.com, uh, you can download the Excel spreadsheet, and there's some really detailed instructions for how to figure it out for your family, your family size, the number of meals. It uses pivot tables, which is fun if you're an Excel geek. You've been working on that list since we moved here six years ago? Yeah. And you had so much trouble with it for the first two years. You just couldn't make things <laughs> Pivot work. tables are, cr- are tricky, and I wanted to know how much it cost. Yeah. So there's a, like a price list involved, yeah. which now is ever-changing, but at least you know your basic prices. And then you can figure out, there's some meals that you think are cheap meals, like rice and bean burritos. Not cheap. And then you go to price them out, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm better off just eating beef. Yeah. And yeah, that was shocking. Like a uh, uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup. And you think, oh, that's a cheap meal I can throw that's, in on a Saturday. That was, I think, was the most so expensive, expensive meal. Once you bought it. And this, that was two years ago. Yeah, before I can imagine the how pandemic. it is now. Yeah. And we were like, how much is cheese? And how much is <laughs> tomato soup? And, and if you buy the loaf of bread and start oh, making it, then you're really screwed. It was a lot. Yeah. yeah. So we do have resources to help you with that if you are an Excel junkie like I would say the key is focusing on meals that need mostly shelf-stable ingredients, and it's cheaper to store ingredients and make as much as you can from scratch. Yeah, without question. And calories aren't bad. If no. you're chopping wood and hand-washing laundry and building stuff, Yeah. you need more than you do if you're you just do. living a cushy suburban lifestyle. You, so you need the fuel. Before we move on to details... I think we better thank our sponsors today, Thrive Life Freeze-Dried Food. 
How much Thrive Life do you need? All Thrive Life. <laughs> if you're a Patreon subscriber, there's also a freeze-dried food inventory sheet that will help you check off every pantry can and number 10 can that you have and see where you're at with your freeze-dried food. So that's fun. Nice. If you use the referral code on our friends and affiliates page, you get 15% off your forced order. It's pretty sweet. Offgridprepfamily.com forward slash friends. Thank you, Thrive. So moving on, if you're just looking to store a year's worth of food, yeah, um, we have a list of what a year's worth of food storage looks for us looks like. Um, we eat out once a month, one meal. Maybe, yeah. Sometimes, everything else is eaten at home. Nine people, three meals plus snacks every single day. Yeah, you know the the, the last time we regularly ate out. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's once a month now because we do a hardware trip every month. Yeah, yeah. But it was uh, when our youngest was when you were about pregnant. to have yeah. the baby, and, and then we had always, to go to the city every yeah. week. Every it's like a high risk pregnancy, and you're at the city yeah, every week, all the time, twice a week. Yeah. It's terrible. You go to the city, and then suddenly you're hungry. Yeah. Like, Why am I hungry? Oh, I'm in the city. But if you are used to eating out, even like once a week or a yeah. couple times a week, you have to factor that into the fact that if you're trying to store a year's worth of food, mm. your weekly grocery shop doesn't reflect that. The fact no, that you it really need to doesn't. be cooking at home. Yeah. And same with if, if you have your kids in public school, they're probably not eating the same as what they would if they were just at home all the time. Mm -hmm. So. We have a list of what it looks like for us. It's mostly from scratch and like home canned stuff. Mm -hmm. If you want the precise list, you can go to our private Patreon login page and that'll help you calculate it. It'll help you calculate per month or per six months or whatever you choose. Well, and you've got all the formulas all figured out too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you just have to plug in what you eat per meal. It's yeah. sort of like a recipe book and food storage calculator in one. I'd forgotten about that yeah, list. it's fun. I love well, Excel. You, <laughs> Some you people so, don't love Excel. You got us so streamlined in the pantry and every month now, you just give me a list of what to order from the commercial wholesale yeah. place. And, and we just keep it yeah. topped up. Can we talk a little bit about canning? Because everybody loves canning. Mm. There's a lot of vegetables that we don't prefer canned. We like pickled stuff like beans and beets. Uh, do we have cucumbers. time to get into a little detail on canning? Maybe a little bit, but okay. there's, if you were going to can everything that we eat for a year, not including vegetables, so mm -hmm. we prefer to freeze vegetables. So we're talking like just applesauce, fruit in water, which mm -hmm. is what we kind of prefer is, you know, grapes in water, blueberries in water, yeah, apples no, in water. No sugar. We do 24 cans of pie filling, so you can have a pie like once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, some soups, some peppers, a lot of tomato products. The, the pie filling has sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Like salsa, so you can do once a week salsa, once a week pasta. Salsa is probably our biggest one. Yeah, we do 52 salsas, but we also do tomatoes, right? Yeah. And tomato sauce, tomato paste for pizza, pickles, jams and jellies, and some like condiment type things. That's 1,275 jars for our family. That seems That's about, about right. a lot of jars, yeah. and that does not include what a lot of people do, which is pressure canning low-acid veggies and meats and broth, because we have freezer space for those, and yeah. we're not worried about power outages. Yeah, our freezers hold a easily a year, year and a half worth of meat. Yeah. 
and, and so and other since things we're in them? not worried about the power going out no. we don't bother pressure canning those yeah um we pre-cook a lot of our ground beef and a lot of our chickens just to save room in the freezer yeah, and most just to times. make it easy for us because also that's a really easy way to get your tallow out all in one go y your um, fat yeah just in case people don't know oh it's beef fat beef fat is tallow and so if you cook a bunch of your ground yeah. beef in the fall you can then pack up the ground beef in little ziploc bags so they're ready to go all yeah. year round you do it when your wood stove's burning anyway, so it's not mm -hmm. costing you any fuel. And then you have all that tallow to work with for soap making or cooking or whatever it is. There's a lot. There were, out of a half cow, I think we had eight or ten large Ziploc yeah. bags of tallow. It was a ton. It was we a still lot. have a We do. We still left. have a few. That's the number of jars that we need. 1,500's probably safe. Yeah. For a very large family. For, for a large family. Yeah. But... We don't eat like a ridiculous amount either. Like, no, we're not like big no, eaters. No, that I, I gotta say it now. Living off grid and kind of somewhat removed, you know, we still we know everybody around and we engage. You eat less, mm -hmm. and that's a really important thing. I don't know. I really don't know if it's a stress thing it or might be. something and, else. And our kids haven't learned like any sort of stress eating or weird no. eating habits. They no. just eat when they're hungry. We grew up stress eating. Yeah. You and I. That, yeah. that was yeah. We shared that. But our kids, they're not hungry. Mm -hmm. They don't eat. When they're hungry, look out. Our, our three-year-old. Yeah. She's on a streak right now. I can't they keep do her full. That. They do it's that. and then she's gonna get tall. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just the funniest thing. But generally, you do eat less. Yeah, even once you've though settled and you're we, kind of we do have like still a fairly physically demanding lifestyle. Yeah, like raising all the food and chopping mm -hmm. all the wood and everything. Still, you I'd get say used to it. I'm I'm almost down to eating, not quite half. Yeah, it's like I an intermittent fasting type lifestyle. Works you just sometimes you just skip a meal and you don't mm. really think about it, and it's not an intentional our thing. Our kids don't skip meals. No, just the kids asterisk. Excuse me, our kids eat every meal. My kids with never, zeal. never skipped a meal in their <laughs> no, life. No, they haven't. As 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 angry as they get when it's five oh one and dinner is not on the table, <laughs> they have never once missed a meal. <laughs> not so much angry, just uh, hey, Grumpy. mom, hey, what's uh, going on? <laughs> I'm just looking at our Excel spreadsheet. I don't want to like list out every single item on the air, but once you think about like your cleaning, personal care, paper type stuff, you have to think about baking, including that like special yearly holiday stuff. It takes a lot more than you might think. If you go to a website called easyprepping.com, I believe it is, there is a calculator there, but I found the numbers to be very, very high compared to what we use. Yeah, you've really worked on our yeah. numbers. For example, um, we aim to store in total 300 kilograms of grain for a year. And that's like flour and oats, oats. and cornmeal and yep. popcorn and everything. So just to give you an idea, that easy prepping thing, it wanted me to store 900 pounds. So that's at least 250 pounds extra. That's not that much higher, 300 kilograms. It's pretty high considering we also do all our own pasta and crackers yeah. and all that's this actually, you're right. scratch stuff. That's a lot to It'd store. Maybe like 700 yeah. pounds. It's more not or less. something that's expensive if you store too much. Yeah. And odds are it'll still be fine, especially if you're doing like wheat berries. But, you know, it's something to think about to try and get a more precise number. What's a wheat berry again? You grind it. It comes in the can and you grind oh, it. Oh, right. It lasts for like forever. Right. Did we right? get that from Thrive? We what? got those from Thrive and 
sometimes you can get them from Thrive, but you really right. have to be on it. You have to be like on their website and be in the know for when they come in. Oh, really? Yeah. As far as, oh, also for the grains, that 300 kilograms that we store, that doesn't include potatoes. Oh, yeah. So we aim for 500 pounds of potatoes per year, and yep. that leaves us enough to plant in spring. Yeah. And our potatoes are doing awesome this year. We've already harvested our first row. Yeah. So what we've discovered is we live in the land of commercial potato crops. Yes. And so we have really scary potato beetles. We do. They're like so there's Monsanto this, resistant potato beetles. They're I, I maintain my theory that Monsanto genetically engineered them to attack crops. So that you then have to buy. They spray the antidote on the crop. <laughs> that makes sense. It's in line. Anyway, our potato beetles. They start to chew on the leaves. Yeah. But by the time they're done eating the leaves of the plant, the potatoes are ready. It's it's like uh, pruning your tomatoes it or is. your grapevines, and, and it puts a, that little bit of stress on them, well, and it makes them fruit more. The potato farmers here, they spray the crops with Roundup right. two weeks before harvest. To kill them. To kill the leaves. And that, and the logic we've been told is that that forces the plant to put all of its energy into the potato. Right. So if the beetle does that naturally, why, why are you are bothering? Round up on them again. And again, again and people again. are generally in society not very smart. Told. They just do what they're told. Yeah. And it's anyway. So we don't even worry about the potatoes, no. beetles anymore. Sometimes we send the kids out to pick them because they like it and they feed them to the chickens. Oh, they the chickens are, love the potato are beetles. They're never going to get ahead of those potato beetles. No. We have a Gorge. There's there's thousands and thousands of them, but we are literally surrounded by tens of thousands of acres of commercial yeah. potato crops. So but whenever somebody sprays the potato beetle, they'll come to our yard. <laughs> but they don't attack anything other than yeah. potatoes. They don't attack tomatoes, yeah. which I was expecting because they're both nightshades. Yeah. But they just feast on the potatoes, and then they seem to just vanish. Yeah, and we rotate our potatoes, but they always yeah. find it. They always find it. Yeah, and so. Our harvest this year so far is looking really good. Oh, it's Actually, great. the the beetles were so bad this year. I thought we were going to have to do a second crop of them. Like mm -hmm. we try to get our potatoes in by uh, Good Friday as early as possible. Well, it's yeah. it's like Good Friday. Yeah, if just like that's how you know you're doing well. Mm -hmm. um, this year we could at this point start replanting a second crop of potatoes, but we're going to have more than we enough. won't need to. Yeah. No, it, it's been really great. We pulled out. The first, I'm gonna say row. seventy pounds. Yeah, uh, I know. I don't. We're gonna have more than way enough. more than yeah. enough. Yeah, we'll just share them with the neighbors. Yeah, or we'll just eat way more potatoes. <laughs> as far as other cellar things, I thought this was sort of good to know. Mm -hmm. We aim for fifteen pounds of garlic. Uh, we eat roughly a clove a day, sometimes more, and yeah. then that gives you enough to plant for next year. Garlic and onions every day. Onions we aim for. I don't know why I'm so precise. I guess it's because of Excel. Mm. I aim for 151 pounds of yellow <laughs> onions. We always do more than that. At minimum, if I have to buy pumpkins, I get 40. But we hope to get way more from our own pumpkins. But if I don't have 40, we have to go buy them. You know, we actually are not having a good pumpkin year. We're not Now, at all. that's because we had this one weird pumpkin. Mm -hmm. It was... Um, it started from a white pumpkin that we bought at a at a roadside stand. It was obviously a hybrid. Yeah, it was more of a zucchini. Uh -huh. Anyway, we planted the seeds from that white pumpkin, and we got one plant yep. that germinated, and it was a straight-up Cinderella pumpkin. 
It was so beautiful. It was blue. Blue on the outside. Dark, deep orange on the inside. And the skin was only like an eighth of an inch thick. And like it was flesh, all usable. It was all flesh. There was hardly any pocket yeah. for the seeds. Oh, and the, yeah, the, the yeah, that there inside was no cavity. cavity. There was no cavity. It was like pounds and pounds and pounds of pumpkin. On it was the insane. Pumpkin. So, so we, we saved the seeds. <laughs> But you know, hybrids, they're unreliable. Well, why so don't we you know what that was? Zero germination. Zero germination. And then nothing. We, we've planted that field three times now. And we sprouted and still nothing. And so we've even planted it with, of course, we have any other kinds of pumpkin seeds in our stash. Yeah. But then, by then, it was that time of year when the slugs are eating everything. Yeah. We timed it wrong, so I don't know what we're going to get for pumpkins, but if we don't get any... They're a dollar each at the roadside stand yeah, down the road. Yeah, they still are, which is just shameful. Those yeah, poor I don't farmers. know how they make any money, but anyways, we nope. aim for 40. Now, we'll be fine because we have all of our other crops this year yeah. are incredible. Yeah, last year there's we always one thing. Well, last year we had zero cabbage. Actually, oh. the last two years we had no mm -hmm. cabbage because the cabbage bugs, whatever yeah. they are. But this, but this year, year they look good. great. First year, we're going to get a whole bunch yeah. of heads of cabbage. Yeah. We need to take a really quick break to thank our second sponsor of the day, EMP Shield. Yeah, they, it protects any device you uh, plug into it. They've got a whole line of different mm -hmm. sizes. So there's some plug-ins, some hardwire models. They protect your car, your generator, your entire home. Use from what? From, uh, Monkeys? Uh, <laughs> 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 from electromagnetic pulse, uh -huh. coronal mass ejection, Ooh. and lightning strikes. Speaking of coronal mass ejections, sorry, for $50 off, go to our friends in the Phillies page. Use code OGPF to get fifty dollars off. off each unit. Yeah. So like if you some of a them are pretty cheap. Couple cars and a house. Whoo, that adds up. Speaking of coronal mass ejections, apparently on the nineteenth, this coronal mass ejection that mm -hmm. is facing close to us will hit us, and if you're a ham radio buff, you might experience some turbulence. So or the rest of us with really sensitive electronics might experience some turbulence. And we're recording this on July 18th, 2022, just in so case this is our last episode. Tomorrow we need to sleep with the power off. Yeah, we'll probably just turn on the power It's probably off. one of the best things, living just off the turn grid. It off. I'm just going to go push a button and shut and my house so off. And it's so quiet, and you go out at night and you can oh, hear the stars. Yeah. They make this hummy sound. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. For cellar. I feel like these are important numbers mm -hmm. that might be helpful. 40, 40 pumpkins, 24 butternuts or winter squashes or something because those ones with the really thick skin, they will last you past the point where your pumpkins start to go bad. Yeah. By about Valentine's Day, our pumpkins start to go a little squishy. They usually end as chicken food. We turn them into eggs. Mm -hmm. By that point, our chickens start laying again. Then we eat the not-so-great, like, Mother Hubbard and weird squashes. They have that really thick skin. And we only store about 20, 25 pounds of red onions because they don't last as long, so we try and use those up first. And if they start going funny, we start to pickle them. Anything else that we should talk about as far as quantities? Well, I, I mean, you've got a whole list there. You could, you could definitely go through some of those I know there's a, a list on the patreon page oh, okay but well here, here's the question that I know will come up what about fresh fruits and veggies for people who aren't used to eating seasonally <coughs> suck it up <coughs> <laughs> if Just you're not used to eating don't be seasonally and you like to have your strawberries this in whole, February, that's yucky. This whole vegan movement. They're not even any good in no. February. Just stop. We live Apples with vegans. Apples in April, just stop. In Costa Rica. Oh, the raw food vegans. Super nice people. Ooh. How do I say we this We were delicately? vegan for a while. We tried. We really, really yeah. tried, but I need the meat, man. 
We lost a lot of weight really fast. But then <laughs> we came. You get tired and sick. You get tired and sick. <laughs> I remember not being able to lift a suitcase. Yeah. And like, I, I, I can move a lot in of stuff now. In this life, now. you need to do things. If you want to do stuff, you need mass on your body. Every you raw food vegan we've ever known just basically laid in the hammock all day and yeah. worked a bit online. So if you're a spoiled, wealthy, you know. Well, then you're probably not listening to this podcast. You're probably not listening to this podcast. But as far as, like, fresh fruits and veggies, I know a lot of people, you just get in that habit of buying the same 18 things at the grocery store every week, and you're not used to eating in a seasonal way. Yeah. And when you start getting stuff from your garden, you realize, oh, this tomato actually tastes like a tomato. Yeah. And you realize the stuff you're getting at the grocery store isn't worth buying. You're better off to can it in the summer and eat it canned in the winter. Also, it has lycopenes, so it's better for you. It's better for your husband's health. <laughs> Give your husband's prostate a gift and just eat the canned Just tomato. get your husband off the grid so he can yeah. be a man. <laughs> he doesn't have to kowtow to people all day. And in the winter, your kids love applesauce and canned fruit. Yeah. Canned peaches, canned apples. We eat lots of stew, mm-hmm. right? Soup, casserole, wintery winter. yeah. food. Really good stuff. Potatoes. Um, we do have rolling wire rack with some LED grow lights that we can use for seedlings and stuff. Yep. And we can grow microgreens. We also do sprouts all winter long. It takes us two pounds of sandwich saver sprout mix to get right. through the winter. Yeah. And we two do it one tray a day. Yep. Of those little green trays that are super cheap on Amazon. They're probably in our off-grid gear page. Yeah, they might be. I didn't look. And we like the Sanders Saver because they grow the fastest. Mm -hmm. They don't need extra light, and it's the cheapest per serving. It is. Like, there's radishes in there and stuff, but you don't taste it because it sprouts. Yeah, and you use them on tacos. They're delicious. You throw them on your sandwich, whatever. Mm -hmm. We also bring in quite a few tomato plants and basil plants into the house in end the of fall. season yeah and then that keeps them going up until almost christmas yeah if you watch our reels you'll probably see us sprouting tomato suckers that's what we use to like just sort of yeah. keep the tomatoes going as long as possible as far as meat it's really handy to keep things on the hoof as long as possible yeah, yeah. so we start our meat chickens at the end of august mm-hmm. and then we try and get them in by thanksgiving at least by Christmas at the very least. Mm-hmm. And we try to do them in like sets of 25 so it isn't like a gigantic job. We don't have a plucker or anything. We just have children. When we did... Yeah, it's plucking's really easy. We yeah. do the hot water dip. It's not a big... And we all take turns. Like I'll do some plucking yeah. and the boys will do some plucking. It doesn't take all that long. My job is taking the heads off. Mm-hmm. Our oldest, who's very spry and can run fast, he catches he, them. He catches yeah. And we all have our roles, yeah. and some of them are very. Mommy does all the gutting. Yeah, I don't well, know. You guys can't. Fit we your can't. Hands no, in we there. can't fit our hands in the cavity. Yeah. And our oldest daughter just. She takes she, care of the baby. She takes. She's not gonna gut. She, she tried it. God love her. She. <laughs> <laughs> She'll do it one day. Maybe, Maybe I don't know. I'm pretty squeamish too. She probably gets that from me. As far as like turkeys, if you wanted to do turkeys. I would personally plan for one a month. I would get them in August with your meat kings, and I would keep them outside until you need one. Yeah. And just do one every month through it's the Probably winter. the same with goose, too. Yeah, we did our ducks with our meat hens. I'm not sure that I would do ducks again unless I, would not, I had a no. pond. And they're cute. They're Even fun then, to watch. They're hilarious. They're amazing, but. But the, as far as the effort and feed, the, amount of, the meat, amount of meat you get, they eat so it much. It doesn't seem like well to me. Remember, they like slap, 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 slap. Like they, yeah, the way they eat, they devour they're it. They're so funny. They're awesome. They're pets. Ducks are pets. Yeah. 
Honestly, we had six different breeds of ducks, yeah. from runners to the classic, uh, what are they called? Muscovy. Muscovy. The, like, uh, no, the, the, the one with the ring, like the classic. I don't remember. We had so many Mallard. Ducks. Anyway, we had a variety. We really tried it out. Every one of them, the meat's delicious. Yes. But they would eat, I'd say for the, a pound of meat off of a duck, even the, the big yeah. duck, you're going to put in twice the amount of feed that you would mm -hmm. for a Meat King chicken. Definitely. For the same amount of meat. That's what we were talking about on our last episode with the dual purpose chickens. Mm, yeah. You can still eat an egg layer when she's done laying eggs. Yeah, it's not a waste. the stew part, pot, it's not a complete waste. No, you don't notice the but difference. But a dual layer, or a dual purpose layer. Mm-hmm is not a very good layer and it's not a very good meat burn. Yeah. And so if we're just talking pure fundamental food production, it's not an efficient use of your feed. No. You're, you're paying a lot of feed bill for not a lot of payoff. Yeah. Um, oh, as far as eggs, like storing eggs, our hens slow down a little bit in the winter. They don't slow down as much as I thought that they would now that we have you know, this committed year, egg layers. We, this year was the first year we had an insulated barn for our hens. Yes. We didn't heat it. We can supplement light, but we don't often we, remember to turn no, it on. No, we, we never, never did. And this was the first year where they only took, I think it was like a week? Yeah. They remember? It was more like a molt than a time It off. was. They took a week off. And then they took another week off in the late spring. Uh -huh. Like, out of nowhere, they just yeah. stopped laying. We're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? What did we do? Yeah, no. Uh, no they, so they just, they take their breaks when they want to. And so we freeze. There's lots of people who do, like, fancy things with their <laughs> eggs. We scramble them. We put them in... Ice cube trays. Ice cube trays. And then, and then we, we freeze, freeze them. them in little cubes. Yeah. And they're great. You thaw them out and re-scramble them and yeah. cook them. You can barely tell. Yeah. It's great. And, and you can use them for just about anything. And then yeah. if you have extras, like we did this year, you use them in pasta, custard. There's all sorts of good things to use your mm -hmm. eggs in. Also, when, did, when did we stop saving eggs? Was oh, it the fall? Or? It was. We stopped when we realized they were still laying and it was almost Christmas. Okay. And we had two banana boxes full of eggs in the freezer. We still have one bag left. Yes. It is ju July. late July. Mid July. <laughs> so, and that was from 20 laying hens. Yeah. So there, if you have limited freezing space, people like dry their eggs or lime or water glass their eggs. You you do risk with the water glass and the lime, you risk every once in a while getting a gross one, which would just send me over the edge. Oh yeah. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. But if you don't have a choice, there's lots of people online that you can look up. To yeah. Do that. Yeah. We freeze them. That's, yeah. that's what we do. It's the easiest thing. Yeah. Shall we move on to the fact that it's impossible to store enough food? Yes. At some point, you have to start producing your own. Yeah. And it is a skill, and getting everything set up and learning your area takes a long time, and that first year garden is not going to feed your family. It's not so much a skill as it's a combination of learning your land and cultivating the land effectively yeah. is, is a multi-year like well, It's a multi-year process. It is. Because the energy of that land that you've cultivated from the forest, there's still going to be, it's still going to want to grow dandelions. Yeah. And whatever those giant weird thistle <laughs> things are. And that takes all the energy away from your seeds. It does. Yeah. So, so every year, at least for the first five, even ten years, every year is better. I'm going to say, of all the research we did, we use about 15% of what we were told. As far as gardening goes? Yeah. 
Because it's Am I so high? unique. No, because a lot of people are like, oh, do this, it's easy. And they and live it never in, works. Like, Georgia or something. Or they, yeah. or they live somewhere where it's been a pasture for 30 years, and so mm-hmm. they're not beating back saplings. Or yeah. You just really have to take some advice, and then it's like having a baby. You just got to go for it. You just have to, out. like, feel it out. Yeah. Throw away the bad advice and just do what which, works for Most you. of which on the internet is bad advice. Or it at least won't work in no. your specific... If there was like one method, like a permaculture or Ruth Stout or, you know, the deep whatever, yeah. or the mulch thing. But there's not. Eden, companion planting. Eden, companion planting. No. Raised beds. If there was one thing that worked for every circumstance, that yeah. would be the only one that existed. And, and there's not. But chances not. are there's only one thing that works really well for where you live. And mm-hmm. it might not be the thing that theoretically in a perfect world you think sounds the yeah. nicest. We use a lot of geotextile landscape fabric. Oh, absolutely. A ton. You got to. Because yeah. we're always constantly beating back the forest. Yeah. And I, frankly, I have a very big garden because I have a very big family and I do not have time to weed. Mm-mm. No, neither do the kids. So the only and then thing, it gets hot, right? The only thing we don't use the fabric for is potatoes and carrots. Yeah. Potatoes. We smother the weeds with the textile fabric, and then we plant the potatoes. And same with the ca- and the same with the carrots. Yeah, we we the also use the geotextile fabric for the carrots to germinate the carrot seed. Right. And as soon as they start pushing up, then we peel it back. Yeah, and by that time, most of the weed. Right. And now that the carrots are up, they don't need weeded anymore. And one of the other weird things that happens with gardening. Uh, was our garlic this year mm, mm-hmm. was that last year or the year before that you planted it the flop garlic was last year okay so because it never I planted came up. it in too wet and shady of a place because i was trying okay. to rotate and and of course online i had seen you should surround your garden with garlic so i was like you know what that's what i'm going to do this year i'm going to do a row of garlic all around the perimeter yeah and so most of my perimeter is shade because there's a forest mm-hmm. And so none of it grew. Not one. I thought that it had just rotted. Yeah, yeah. Nothing came. Nothing happened. And so, so this year... Spring comes, and Hen- Henry... Our our little boy. He's... Medium boy. What is he, eight now? He's six? He's I eight. I don't remember. He's eight. He's yeah, eight. I thought he was eight. <laughs> he comes running up. Dad, Dad, I found a garlic. And we're like, yeah, no, right. No, it's just grass. No, 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 come look, come look. So I go look, and there's a garlic. And we look at each other like, why is there garlic? Oh, that's weird. How many did we get? 120? I think so. Something like 120 yeah. to 150 garlic sprouts we retransplanted into a hill. It ended up being a row and a half by the time he was done finding them And all. our rows are 60 feet long? Yeah. Of garlic. Of garlic. That was just there. That was just there. So that's <laughs> another weird thing that... I've never heard of anywhere the plant, it the, the bulb, it just, it just, no, it just, yeah, it just decided to go dormant. Yeah. It didn't rot. Yeah. And it came back to life. It's, I've never heard of that. It's a miracle. But it happens. It happens. So free garlic. Huzzah. Oh, and it, it happens with tomatoes all the time. Every year, I've got a rogue tomato in my beans. Yeah. I've got a rogue tomato in my corn. Yeah. The end of the cucumber, cucumber rows. Yeah. Just popping up out of nowhere. I have tilled the death out of the, I tilled the the holy yeah. you know yeah. what out of those garden patches uh-huh. there's no reason anything should have survived and yet here are these tomatoes <laughs> and those up. are always the best ones aren't they, they? actually are they're always the biggest producer <laughs> tomatoes and they the produce ones. the longest the ones yeah. that we don't string up 
or fuss about. Yeah, we do stray. Yeah, that happened last year too. Because it's easier to deal with and it's yeah. you know easier to cut reach. the suckers off. We do, but, but the, the ones the that wild we don't ones are they just monsters. <laughs> rank out the tomatoes. They're almost always cherry tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're not gonna fill a pantry with cherry tomatoes, but they're really fun for the kids. So gardening is weird. It's weird, it's and you weird. can't just buy that packet of the survival seed bank. No. And just put it in your storage and be like, that's okay, I'll just grow lettuce. Because A, those seed banks are mostly lettuce. Oh yeah, that was terrible. They're and like 100,000 seeds, and there's like three corn seeds and like 20,000 <laughs> lettuce seeds. I, what uh, am I gonna? I can't even store lettuce. That's the one thing I can't. I store. remember that day when you realized what was in it, and you were just we you're, have, you're shaking the packet at so me. Angry. What am I gonna do about this? So we have bought three different seed banks. They were all terrible. Yeah. What we do is we wait for the MI Gardener sale in the fall. Well, we do, and it's great. But what we did this year is we just went to the hardware store. Yeah, we were short a lot of things because the MI Gardener sale yeah. was pretty short. Of they didn't have any carrots, they didn't have any beets, mm -hmm. and all so, of our onion sets came from the hardware. Yeah, they're fine. The low, like it's it's always that I can't remember the the brand here in Canada. Mackenzie. Mackenzie yeah. seeds. A lot of the stuff flopped. Mm -hmm. Wasn't any good. The corn not great. It's not great. But, but next year it might be. You never know. You just got to keep at it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk one more thing about quantities as far as like food production. Sure. If you've got a pen and paper and you're looking for numbers for each person, mm -hmm. you need at least 500 square feet of garden. Yep. Sounds about right. And that means like maximizing your space, growing vertically and doing an extra fall crop if you can. You need six or eight dwarf sized fruit trees of various kinds so that when one fails, another one will go Yeah. per person. Per person, 12 like berry bushes or grapevines. So whatever really likes to grow in your area, whether that's like blackberries or Saskatoons or grapes or whatever, we vote for grapes all the time. Grapes are amazing. They're really big producers and mm -hmm. we love them. You don't them. have to fertilize them. You don't have to yeah, do they, anything they to them. Yeah, they match my gardening style of yeah. neglect. <laughs> <laughs> they prefer it. Get out of the way. I got this. <laughs> per person, six asparagus crowns. Also, every year, if you can, seed your asparagus. Mm -hmm. So the first year, do six crowns per person. Let it spread out. And, and it self-seeds. Also, seed every yeah. year. Uh, per person, one rhubarb plant minimum. Because it takes really three years till you're going to get a good production off of it. And after like four or five years, you can start splitting them and making more. But really, you can't ever have too much rhubarb because eventually you start like putting it in jam and stuff. It's fantastic. And it's just yeah. what you need in the spring when you're coming off all those canned goods. And you just need like those like really intense vitamins and mm -hmm. stuff in the spring. And also, we really like to focus on like perennial veggies in your garden. Mm -hmm. So like the Welsh bunching onions, the asparagus, the oregano rhubarb anything that just keeps coming back and getting bigger every year it's a little bit more of a patience game but like now we're just drowning in asparagus and oregano i could never Our possibly convince anyone to eat any more oregano here and the dill the, the dill, dill just it came out of it's nowhere it's not a perennial but it self seeds yeah to the point where it's suddenly well we've got five foot tall dill all yeah. through the garden Never going to buy dill again. Bushwhacking it back to get to the cucumbers. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Protein also gets more efficient with a family. Yep. 
for us, we need about 20 hens to keep us in eggs year round. We do, yeah. That means that we have extra to freeze for the winter and we need somewhere between 80 and 100 meat birds. That's like chickens, ducks, whatever. That's mm -hmm. about perfect for us. So that's roughly 12 per person yeah. per year. We need one beef per year if it's a very large one. One whole cow. And then we need one other protein source, whether that's another half a cow or some rabbits or like a whole pork or a few lambs just to top us up and have some variety. Right, because we, we had all those ducks last year, which kind of... Yeah. 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 That's it for quantities. Yeah. I don't want to list you a whole Excel spreadsheet, so I'll spare <laughs> you that. And I will just say, if you found this podcast helpful... Could you please share it with a friend? Because we would really appreciate that. Let's get some Patreon supporters. Yeah, and if you have trouble with the Excel spreadsheet or you need help calculating the food storage for you and your family, you can go on our private Discord server and we can help you out there too. This is from Abraham Lincoln. Give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Mm. Okay, good night everybody. Bye. <laughs>